Welcome to Coin Geek Conversations. Now I'm going to start with a little conjuring trick because this is my new Chenti wallet with just over one Swiss franc on it. And on my other phone, this is my Handcash wallet. And I'm in the send money screen and I've put in my Chenti address. I'm now going to press next. It's going to ask me how much money I want to send. I'm going to put in seven pence and I'm going to press review and I'm going to press send and as if by magic if it works yep a little ping there and I think you will have seen that the Chenti wallet has gone up to 125 so there we are the money has been transferred incredible well, I'd like to work on Bernhard Muller, the man who makes all this possible uh, and the founder of Chenti. Hi, Bernhard. Hi, Charles. Please talk to you. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. So as you've seen, I am a Chenti customer and it's very good to work seems to work it seems to work very well and very quickly first question then um there's been an awful lot of talk about ipv6 and direct peer-to-peer just to clear one thing up that little payment that i make is that a peer-to-peer transaction or not well that's actually a very uh, interesting discussion and the discussion we had a lot also in the direct payment protocol workgroup who you know what is peer-to-peer uh, I would say yes, it's a peer-to-peer transaction because it went from um, one provider to the other and there is nobody in the middle that can uh, change the transaction, intercept it. It also doesn't go through any custodians or anything like that. Of course, you can always debate whether you know in information technology, information has to travel through you know your internet provider, my internet provider, and so on and so forth. But in regards to uh, legally, what this was, this is clearly a peer-to-peer payment because you signed a payment directly to your other wallet. And no matter what happens in between, nobody can uh, change it. Uh, uh, they could intercept it, but not change your signature for you. Right. So if we get IPv6 working and uh, Bitcoin SV is on IPv6, would what I just did happen in a different way? Yes, potentially in the future, uh, where really every device uh, uh, or even sub device and so on get their own full and also static IP address, then of course you can make this communication even more direct. Uh, but in the end, it remains that you know you sign a transaction for a specific purpose, and only you can authorize this signature. And this aspect is already today. Uh, in Bitcoin, no matter how exactly the message travels. Right. I'm unashamedly going to ask you what I'm sure is a very stupid question. I have managed to receive money on Chenti, but how do I actually send money? Uh, You send money by uh, clicking the asset you want to send, in this case, uh, BSV, and then you will see uh, on the bottom a send button. Um, There is also another alternative. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh. There you have a send button oh, okay. that so you can great. enter so Bitcoin addresses, a paymail oh, address, okay. the amount you want to send. And here you could also uh, switch to sending something else like a token, for example. 
Uh, there is another way to access it through uh, the scanner um, icon below, where you also open your QR code scanner, where you can then actually scan invoices. And there is also a little paper airplane where you can say, I want to manually send something. Okay, great. Well, now I know that's perfect. Now, I one other thing, I think this is sort of a work in progress. The the little shopping trolley at the bottom of the screen. Yes. Um, tell tell me about what that's going to be all about. So the this we call this the space concept. Um, here you just see our default uh, space, basically uh, where there is just one merchant, which is us. We can use this default space to place uh, featured merchants and basically use it for marketing purposes. But the idea is that you, as a seller. Uh, especially as an event organizer, can fully customize uh, this space. So I could I could send you, for example, a QR code, um, which we used uh, for our Chenti launch event. And if you scan this QR code with your Chenti app, you immediately get into that space. So the space then has a different banner. Uh, the merchant can choose which suppliers are allowed to appear in this space and also make sales directly from the app. So a typical application here would be you're buying your ticket directly in the app, just as we did for our Chanty launch event. And then uh, you have this ticket as a token on your wallet. You can activate it. You can give it back. Also, for example, if you want to consume a hamburger at an event, you can basically purchase the product digitally directly in the app and then just need to go and collect it rather than standing in line somewhere to you know stand at the cashier buy some coupon or some little paper slip by which then you go to the grill or to get your beer um, so most of these features can also be used for uh, for other things like uh, for example if merchants in a street want to work together have joint promotions and things like that but you know it was really developed for uh, events that we are targeting. Right. So you're basically allowing people to create their own sort of mini currency and and define where it can be used. Yes, this is well. So every merchant can set in their Chanty portal. Uh, so for the merchants, what you're using now as the app for the merchants, we have a web portal and in, in there they can do a lot of settings and these settings include what they actually accept. Uh, do they, you know, just accept BSV? Do they accept uh, a token that they issued themselves, such as a loyalty point in the ratio mm -hmm. one to hundred? Do they maybe even accept um, a neighbor's uh, point, or do they accept a stablecoin, and so on and so forth? Right. Uh, the other thing I would just mention to people watching, which I thought was very generous, is that there is a thing called Faucet for um allowing you to just be yes. sent some money uh about uh, about one um swiss franc i think which is about yes. the same as a dollar and you just press that button and you know lo and behold you are one dollar better off than you were before you pressed it and i think that's a, a very generous feature i tried pressing it again but i was told you know it's one only yes it's one only per user um well i'm you know i've, I've been in bitcoin for for a very long time and faucets uh, were always a great way to get people, you know, into it and and be able to showcase what a product can do without them needing to, you know, access their finances, their bank account, or something like that. Because if you're dealing with money, if you're dealing with finance, you're always 
um, gonna be scrutinized more than you know any other app like a game or something because you know people are a little bit hesitated. It, it's about their money. So if we want people to be able to try uh, Chenti, it's great if we can give them some money basically for free. However, this faucet will not be maintained forever. It, it has been drained already several times. Uh, these are actually my private funds that I'm oh, distributing Oh dear, I'm there. sorry. I, I'm, and, I should uh, send it back to you, Ben. No, no, not at all. It's exactly meant for people that download the app and want to try it. The problem is, and this has been historically always a problem with Bitcoin faucets, is you know, it, it's kind of like an arms race against people that will deliberately create 100 accounts to get, you know, one oh, franc yeah. on each account. It's yeah. it's an arms race against uh, people that want to, you know, sort of exploit it in other ways and not for the purpose it's meant to be. And as we're adding more top-up options, including IBAN payments, credit cards, um, in, in Switzerland, there is a payment scheme called Twint and so on. And we have other plans. As we're adding more options, we will probably discontinue the faucet at some point. But it's great that uh, it worked for you and it had money on it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's exactly the kind of experience that I want people to have with Chentia. Well, thank you very much for my one Swiss franc. I appreciate You're it. You're very welcome. Of course, in the good old days, um, whole Bitcoins were given away, weren't they? The oh, yeah. Five. Uh, Gavin and Reason gave away uh, five Bitcoin per like click basically you could get five bitcoin a day uh for free i think he once stated that he's given away over ten thousand bitcoin that way oh dear if only we knew just i wanted to just ask you a little bit about the business of chenti i mean as, sure. a, as a startup business it's you've been uh going for a, for at least a couple of years i think yes we were founded in uh, march 2020 right and so how how does it work? I mean, do you have a staff of developers or do you just bring people on as and when required? Or what does the business really consist of? Okay, so the actual business case consists of, yes, we have a team uh, of engineers that build this product. Um, I'm also very tightly involved. And then, of course, we have various activities going on on the business side, such as merchant acquisition, um, and, and so on. So, uh, and of course, we're continuously thinking and shaping the product. Yeah. And are there merchants using it already? Then currently, we have in Switzerland three onboarded merchants. And you could, of course, say, well, that's uh, that's not a lot. Our plan is to have at least thousand merchants by the end of next year. Um, but it, you know, it has to be stated that it's a significant effort to get all your tech your compliance, your regulatory, your bookkeeping and everything in order to be able to have onboarded these first three merchants that are now on board and, and are processing transactions. Um, so you could say, well, that's kind of a feasibility, uh, but it's a lot more because we, we really legally process transactions for them. And, and you have to build all that first before you can do your big push into the market. And what sort of businesses are they in? Can you just give me an example? Well, we have uh, gastronomy. Um, so two of the businesses are one is a bar and one is a ramen noodle seller. And um, we also have a clothing store, basically. Um, and we're we're onboarding like we're basically just today. I had two other calls uh, with merchants. We have strategies here to also work with partners, so-called payment service providers. Uh, which do have already a lot of merchants on board and where they can basically just with one click enable Chenti. Chenti is completely industry agnostic, meaning 
you know, we're totally open to any kind of merchant. But what we are actively pursuing right now and where we think we have the most unique selling proposition and the most added benefit for merchants beside what they're already accepting as payments is basically the media industry, uh, especially because of the micropayment capability of Genti, as well as the event industry, which we talked already a little bit about it. And of course, we also try to really push into the e-commerce and retail industry. There, it's really mostly to establish Genti as a means of payment in the head of people and and like, oh, they, oh I saw it here at this store X or I saw it here or there. And uh, so, so slowly, slowly, as Genti grows, you know, it will, it will get into the heads of people. But I mean, as a, somebody who's got the Genti wallet on their phone, why don't, do I see a list of these places that are your customers? Yes, you will see this list. Well, probably on the phone at, at some stage, but we'll first have this sort of merchant directory on our website. Right. Uh, but we want to have like, you know, 10, 15 merchants on board before we, we start with that. Do you have outside investors? I mean, it must have cost you a lot of money to get this far. I can see that there's big potential. Is it like a normal startup routine where you have uh, you have funding and different rounds of funding and so on? Yes, pretty much. So my co-founder and myself, we have, of course, put ourselves a lot of money into the company. But we also did a seed investment round um, with two investors that you know see the vision and the mission of Genti. And um, yes, and we're basically now um, also looking for funding to really do this market push because now we really spent mostly, the most uh, part of the last two years was really all about building the product, getting the app in the app store. Since it's so-called finance app, there are also extensive review processes in these app stores. We, you know, we did, we, did all the regulatory clearance. We, we built everything that we need. And now we're really ready to roll out this product and push it to the market. Of course, there is always improvements and more ideas that we have and more things that we want to build. Uh, but now it's really the time where we will go out and, and push this product to the market. Right. And so have you had other jobs during this development phase or have you been on it 100% of the time? No, I've been on it more like 150% actually. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, let's, yeah. hope that, let's hope that the, the, the heavy lifting has been done and now now you just get on with signing people up. and it'll all... Yeah, of course, th- this is now the phase we're in, but I, I have no doubt in my mind that there will always be some sort of hiccup or some sort of problem. I mean, we have encountered some issues and at our launch event, which you can do all the testing you want. But uh, for example, in one case, somebody had a setting on their phone, which you know, which I, I would have never just tested. Of course, at some point you start with automated testing, you test it on 50 different screen resolutions and things like that in parallel through like some tools. But if you're just uh, doing, you know, testing yourself and having a tester, there are certain things you can't find. You only find them in the field when real people start interacting with the products. (laughs) I mean, your own background, I know that you studied biology, I believe. Correct. So would you say that your sort of key contribution in terms of the, the startup that you've invented is on the technical or on the business side? Because biology My, doesn't remind me of the kind of problems you might have in peer-to-peer uh, <laughs> technology and so on. Well, you know, it's not 
actually a lot of people ask me about the biology aspect but i think actually if you're looking at blockchain technology and biological systems you find a lot of similarities and uh, as a biologist you have to uh, be able to work with systems where you maybe don't understand all the fundamentals down to like the you know particle physics which are also mm -hmm. you know which are also happening in biology and yeah. up to astrophysics which are also important for biology in a certain sense where does come life come from and so on so you have to be able to deal with a complex system and try to understand certain things study certain things without necessarily knowing all the foundations and all the implications on the grander scale and, and that's actually very similar in blockchain but to answer your question um i'm the general manager of the company which means um, i do a lot of things uh, but i'm also uh, um, responsible for basically building the technology defining the requirements leading the tech team to build the things we are building how different is chenti from other wallets like i've got I've got Handcash, I've got CentB, and I've got a couple of others, actually. So yes, what's your USP, if, if there is one? So our USP, so when we designed Chenti and also the Chenti app, uh, a new version will be out by about, in about a week, by the way. Um, it's really not per se designed, unfortunately, some people tell me for, let's say, the BSV crowd. We really want to design a product for everyone. Yeah, My mom, my brother, my uncle, everyone who doesn't know about Bitcoin, who doesn't care about Bitcoin even. Uh, and so this is, is really the focus. So our product is really meant to be pushing into the payments industry and a little bit less as a, like a grassroots development product. Let's say on Handcash, which is, by the way, a great wallet, has great user interface. You have all these nice companies that can connect and build their games and build their things. Like our product is really more focused in getting into the traditional payment market, of course, extending it with micropayments and so on and so forth. So this is really uh, the main focus. So, so it's not about how do we differentiate within the space we're in, but how do we develop the best product which will work for the everyday consumer? So, I, I mean, if it all goes the way you want, am I right in thinking that simple app-to-app um, -app, uh, payment would not necessarily be the main reason that people would have Chenti? It's these other connections with merchants and so on that, that would really define your business. It's correct, but it's still an important aspect, I find, that people can transact money to friends and family and this is of course also possible with Chenti and it's even compatible as you found out with uh, with other wallets it will not be compatible in every aspect so this is also a differentiator Chenti wallet can uh, understand and interpret and send tokens as well uh, which um, are issued and um, so for example such a token transfer to another wallet as long as they don't support the same standard wouldn't work so that would only work let's say within the chenti ecosystem i know that you've been in, interested in bitcoin for a, for a long time i think you you you've said in one interview that you first heard about satoshi nakamoto in 2011 that's correct what is your feeling about the pace at which bitcoin sv businesses in particular are are or are not developing i mean are you pleased or disappointed or what with the the way that the the general bitcoin sv world is developing 
Um, it's kind of a bit of both. So when I was at the last uh, conference in, in Dubai, I was really amazed how many people from different industry are joining. Mm. And also it, what really interesting was I met some uh, investor even that um, comes from totally outside, let's say from the other camp, but he was like there and he said, well, I can't, you know, I can't ignore it because obviously it's kind of working and people are, you know, building businesses and firing transactions like crazy on this blockchain. So obviously there must be something all these people find. And as an investor, I can't, you know, ignore this. I have to be sort of after the money and not after, you know, what I think is is right or wrong. And I think we've seen a tremendous amount of, of development in that area. Um, the first conference we had in London after this whole split ordeal between BSV and BCH happened, I mean, it was a tiny group of people, I don't know, maybe maybe 100, 200 people that were there. And, um, and, and now this has grown substantially with all these ambassadors and, and block dojos and, and citadels, whatever they're called. So I think it's really amazing. And it's also gotten a lot easier to come in uh, through standards that were defined, tools, libraries. But clearly on the, on the traction side, you know, we haven't seen... The disruptor business that you know brings BSV to Coca-Cola, Walmart, or you know, or Amazon, or you know, we haven't seen this uh, this super unicorn yet. Do you think it is just a matter of time before a business like that just sort of takes off, or is it really just that lots of little ideas will be the way in which this thing uh, gets traction? Uh, I think it's both. I mean, we will need bigger businesses pushing bigger volumes, uh, bringing it out more to the masses. Again, not necessarily like the Bitcoin SV brand or something. It's it just the application itself. It's not. It's, it's like you know when people started using email. It's not like you advertise the email protocol or the TCP/IP protocol. You, you said to people, "Hey, you can send a, a message to your aunt in Australia, and she receives it immediately." That's what's like convincing. But, you know, to be honest, there is clearly uh, a substantial risk that for whatever reason, this network uh, might not end up being sort of a winner or the winner that everyone bets on or wants to be. People always say, well, may the best tech win and so on. Uh, but we're not li living necessarily in a society where this is always true. Remember, maybe Betamox versus VHS or some other standards that are battling. In the end, public perception, opinion leaders, and so on are very, very important. And this shouldn't be disregarded, um, no matter, you know, how, uh, how good your technology is. If you don't have people vouch for it, if you don't have people use it, if you don't have people investing money into it, then some inferior technology might actually take the lead. I think if there wasn't um, risk involved and uncertainty about the future, it wouldn't be entrepreneurship. And correct. Uh, so, I mean, I, I have uh, I'm impressed with with my experience of Chenti, and um, I really hope that it all develops in the way that you want, uh, Bernhard, and that Thank you can do it again um, when when you've got your first thousand merchants signed up. Correct. Next year. Good. Thank you so much. Thanks very much to Bernhard Muller. And do please try the Chenti wallet if you haven't already. 
Next week, I'll be talking to the Norwegian entrepreneur Ole Knutli about his new business, Coin Survey, which promises to make it worth our while to fill in all those pesky surveys we're asked to do online. So please join Ole and me next week. Until then, thanks for listening and goodbye. <laughs>